For sports content from the biggest leagues and competitions across the world, look no further than Reuters Connect, Reuters online news content platform. Reuters Connect makes finding the sports content you need easy, whether it's in-depth reporting from Reuters journalists or access to video highlights from around the world. Bring the world of sport directly to your workplace with Reuters Connect. For more information and a free trial, visit ReutersConnect.com. Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week, we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rulemakers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Sports professor Riccardo inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, and we are keeping score at a time of comebacks and future and vaccines and stadiums and fans, and boy, the world has changed since March. Let's go through the deals this week. Three to one. Three. As much as $14 billion in sponsorship value needs to be made up in the U.S. following the suspension of live sports and entertainment events, according to IEG which said the figure equates to an over 50% of rights fees paid for the year. $4 billion increase in a mid-April estimate made by the Chicago-based sponsorship consultancy due to the extended period of event cancellations during the second half of 2020. The new report, titled Resumption versus Reinvention, the Sponsorship Industry Comeback from the COVID-19 Crisis, argues that it would be a mistake for the sponsorship industry to go back to business as it was before the coronavirus pandemic, even with live events getting back underway. The crisis can serve as a catalyst for much of the needed change in the way partnerships are decided on, built, and executed, the report states. The comeback can be greater than the setback, but it'll take reinvention with creativity, courage, and patience. And that's number three. Two. Fanatics reportedly raised an additional $350 million as part of a Series E funding round that sees the company's valuation soar from $4.5 billion to $6.2 billion. The fresh injection of capital, which closed on August 13, first reported by the Wall Street Journal, reportedly the last round of financing Fanatics as a private company. The online retail poised to go public in the near future. Florida-based Fanatics, led by Executive Chairman Michael Rubin, generated revenues of about $2.5 billion in 2019 and has seen its e-commerce operations rise roughly 30% this year, despite the pandemic, according to the Wall Street Journal. The company's increased valuation benefits as the NFL and MLB, which collectively invested $150 million in the firm in 2017, to the tune of reported $100 million dollars. Other Fanatics investors include Japanese conglomerate SoftBank Group and Chinese internet giant Alibaba. The report estimates that Fanatics had raised a whopping $1.5 billion since 2011. One. These wolves and bananas aren't split on revenue generation. In a scramble to replace revenue lost to the coronavirus pandemic, Hashtag Sports reported that some sports clubs are selling content exclusively on Facebook. The hope is that fans who can't pay to watch their fans at stadiums do so on Facebook. The Savannah Bananas, a baseball team in the Woodbat Collegiate Summer Coastal Plain League, and the Warrington Wolves, an English professional rugby club that competes in the Super League, are both selling content on Facebook through fan subscription pages. 
these subscriptions are never going to make up for the lost revenue or ticket sales. But if we're able to generate 30 to 50K from those sales eventually, that allows us to reinvest money back into content, said Jarrett Orton, president of the Savannah Bananas. That's so important for small business like ours because we can reinvest the money in equipment and talent to create better content and more often. And it's clear enough that through Facebook and beyond, these bananas foster goodwill with fans. And that's number one. Well, speaking of baseball across the country, we've had a series before of what it's like to be a minor league baseball player during the pandemic. Now, we'll talk about what it's like to be a professional golfer during the pandemic. Blake Morris, six wins on the minor league tour. He was number one seed in the NCAAs in 2014 while playing golf at Old Miss. He graduated Old Miss and with a marketing degree, and he needs it now given the current status of the PGA Tour. He's been on the Latin American Tour. He's had a start at the Corn Ferry. He went to one PGA Tour event and uh, did not make the qualifying, but more important, he has a valuable insight into all levels of golf, high school, college, the Corn Ferry, minor league tour, and the PGA. The perspective he has transcends a lot of people because he's actually made it and will continue to try to make it in the future. Give you Blake Morris. And obviously, we spend some time as you are honing your skills and you're Getting by, I guess, is the way to put it, waiting for your next break and how the 2019 season has basically frozen eligibility for people who want to get to the next level of the tour. So tell us where you are as an aspiring golfer and what your next step is. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of been unheard of uh, this year as far as, um, you know, professional, professional golf goes. Um, so, you know, 2020, um, you know, the year gets rolling, you know, January, February. Um, I, uh, you know, I, I got status in January on the PGA Tour Latin America Tour, uh, which is scheduled to play, you know, throughout the spring and uh, into the fall a little bit. Uh, also was planned on uh, going up to play the PGA Tour Canada. Uh, now, just for some background info, those are both tours where if you finish top 10 in the money list, you receive a Corn Ferry Tour uh, card, you know, at the end of the year uh, and get to bypass Q School. And, you know, the year for me got off to, you know, a good start, started to get some momentum, you know, in, in February. I, uh, you know, I shot 65 and lost in a playoff for the PGA Tours Puerto Rico Monday qualifier, um, and was playing uh, was playing really well. Just missed for the Honda. Um, started you know do a little travel. Then early March it kind of hit like a freight train, um, and uh, it was essentially um, you know for guys coming up, it's essentially a one year pause. Uh, the fact is how pro sports work, like most people know, is there's X amount of seats at the table. And if no one comes out of the table, no one goes into the table, so to speak. Um, and that's a little bit how golf works. So essentially what the PGA Tour did is they canceled tour school this year um, through 2020. Uh, so no guys can go to PGA Tour, you know, Corn Ferry Q School and get a Corn Ferry card. Um, no guys from the Corn Ferry Tour couldn't you know, move up and get a full PGA tour card for next year. 
and uh, guys like myself, you know, not we can't go play in Canada, can't go play in Latin America, can't go play in China, and essentially play well and and move up as well. Um, I guess maybe and that so, kind of explains so a little bit. It does, but it also explains part of it from where you are up, where you are down. I guess is a way to put it is. You graduated Old Miss in 16, and you were a very successful Old Miss player in the uh, yep. 14, 15 as well. Uh, with uh, schools basically can't uh, colleges basically in JUCO canceling their their golf schedules this year effectively. Certainly, the fall schedule yeah. uh, done with the Big Ten and 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 Pac-12, and you know Stanford has a great golf program in the Pac-12, and on and on. Uh, they're they're the loggerheads as well. They they can't move up. They can't play high mm-hmm. school golf, for example, probably canceled in many parts of the country. So mm-hmm. they're kind of stuck too. So maybe the way to describe it is the entire industry is stuck, right? I think that's true. I would say for except the the top, if you will. Um, obviously, you know the the FedEx Cup playoffs are going on right now. Um, the majors are happening. Um, so I guess the guys, you know, at the highest level, they're not really, they, they feel the effects, but maybe to a very minor extent, you know, and, you know, like you were saying about the college guys, one of the problems with that too, is the developmental aspect of college players, um, being able to play a full college schedule and develop with their coaches and spend that time, you know, working on developing, which is essentially why they're there. So I think for the guys that, maybe aren't on the big stage full time. I think in my opinion, time is more valuable than money. Um, You just don't have a year to just kind of not do the things you're supposed to do or work toward that goal of where you're trying to get to. It's, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Um, And yeah, so like you're talking about for these college kids, you know, if they can't play a full schedule this year, just think of the time they're losing to be able to develop, in college to get ready to move on toward the pro ranks and, and that just developmental period, because that developmental time is, is crucial. And you just, that is just time. You just don't have to, to waste. Um, I guess that that kind of, I guess explains a little bit. Yeah, no, no. And, and that's a good point. But uh, again, it's, it's kind of interesting because the kids who are uh, stuck uh, at the, at the, that level of the funnel, they can't go anywhere. Their program, didn't happen they're mm-hmm. given the opportunity to come back by and large keep a scholarship stay mm-hmm. in school for another year and yep. decide that they want to do that you and your situation you know you're you're uh, you're hustling for smaller tournaments mm-hmm. uh i guess you could teach uh but your career at a uh, journeyman's a terrible word so don't kill me but the mm-hmm. you know the everyman golfer who wants to become a PGA tour player, you've got a really rough road. And again, we're not holding oh, a bake yeah. sale for you, but, but you're, you got, so kind of describe what it's like day to day. Uh, it's, I mean, so I guess you can say is what you're, what you're doing to begin with without COVID is difficult. Okay. Um, you're trying to essentially become one of the top players in the world and do that. You got to beat a lot of really good players and it is a tough journey. Uh, it's a journey that is, uh, it's not for the faint of heart. I mean, it's a lot of travel. Um, it's, uh, you know, Hey, if you don't play well, you don't, 
move up, get paid. It's not some, you know, it's not hourly job. It's not, you know, I went to work this week, got my paycheck next week. That's not how, that's not how it works at all. Um, you know, and, and I had to have those conversations in, you know, end of March, early April, I'm sitting down with my family and people that are invested in me. And we're saying, you know, what do we do? Like, how bad it, like, what do I, like, do we, do I keep trying to get on this journey? Like, do I have to go get a job for six months or a year and then, then, then start back up again in a year from now? What is, what are the next steps? Um, and, you know, really as demoralized as I was, look, this is the facts of life are you, you're going to get hit with adversity in life. You're going to get kicked in the teeth. I don't care if it's golf, professional golf or business, you're going to get punched in the teeth essentially. And it's going to, it's basically about how do you respond to that adversity? And we sat down with my family and, you know, when I went up back to Connecticut, I, you know, I, I, I met with, um, you know, one of the gentlemen who's, you know, highly, uh, you know, in, you know, invested with me and, you know, and, you know, we pretty much said, look, this is a momentary stopper and this is a pause, but it shouldn't define my career. You know, if, if you can take this in two ways, you can take this as a, you know, Hey, I'm getting screwed. And this is just, this is terrible. And no one's had to go through this in 20 years. Or you can say, okay, you know what, this is, this is a speed bump and it's a large speed bump. Okay. But you know, there's going to be some, you know, there's, yeah, this isn't ideal and we're going to have to make some small changes and a little adjustments, but it should just be a speed bump. It shouldn't be a full stopper. And that's essentially what my team and I talked about and worked about. And Hey, if you're really good enough and you're willing to, you know, you know, keep a positive attitude and keep getting after this, you know, this is just a one year delay of if you're good enough, you'll get to the PGA tour. Uh, does it suck? Absolutely. Is it terrible and all that stuff? hundred percent, but it's kind of like dealing with a hand of cards. It's how do you, how do you handle that? The, you know, what you've been dealt, you know, how do you handle it? And that's what this is really going to be about for the guys who are trying to trying to move up in the sports world, whether it's golf or other things, it's, it's going to be, how do you handle, in my opinion, how do you handle what we've been dealt with? Uh, because if you go down the other road of saying, you know, this is, man, this is really just, you know, this is just a game changer. And you go down that negative path, your odds go to just zero. And, and it's easy to go down that road because it just is. And, you know, I, I think for the guys that are in college, the guys that are uh, upcoming in the, in the pro ranks is they're going to have to have a lot of self-belief in themselves to kind of navigate this COVID-19 because it is impacting uh, not only careers, it's a huge financial impact, I think, with, with companies. Uh, how you know they're gonna you know they're gonna stay loyal to their top dogs but the guys who aren't their top dogs you're gonna really find out how loyal they are to a lot of their you know inspiring you know, upcoming athletes as well to the in this whole COVID-19 uh, pandemic that's an incredibly interesting perspective especially because you're not alone in your sport there are um, other sports uh, we've had um, uh, even uh, successful minor league baseball players on before to, and it's a remarkably similar situation with the uncertainty, uh, especially since their, you know, contracts don't guarantee them anything. Mm -hmm. And 
if a player has been let go by a certain organization, he's effectively unemployed and he doesn't know when the industry is coming back. Uh, yeah. At least, uh, you know, you, you know that there's an industry out there to do something with. And I know you've had kind of endorsement uh, interest and some commitments and they should kind of stay with you. And frankly, uh, the marketing folks, as well as people in the industry, should realize that you got a great asset and you got great determination and you ought to stay with it. So um, it's a great story, Blake Morris, to tell. Uh, one interesting question for you. Um, did Eli Man is Eli Manning the greatest athlete in Mississippi football uh, athletic uh, history? What's uh, where do you fit in there? That that would be a uh, yeah. I, I think Eli, he's he's kind of got a the Manning family. I think's got a strong hold on uh, number one in Oxford, Mississippi. I mean, when you when you got the speed limits signs, you know, after your number, I think you got a pretty strong hold on that. And um, the Manning family, they're 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 great people, and I've had a chance to meet Eli. He's a great guy, um, and yeah, Ole Miss has had a lot of great athletes, um, both in you know golf, football, um, baseball. Um, they've had a lot of tremendous athletes, uh, come through there. Um, definitely somewhere I'm proud to have, uh, you know, played at and the, the golf program now is, uh, going in a great direction. Um, you know, coach Malloy is doing a, doing a great job. The facilities there are second to none. Now I visited last year and I was like, where, where was this when I was playing? <laughs> like, where was this in 2013, 14, 15 when I was playing? It's so, um, yeah, the Ole Miss uh, athletic uh, branch is, uh, is strong. And, um, you know, hopefully we get to watch a little bit of uh, football this, this fall. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, you will definitely uh, have some time to do that. But listen, Blake Morris, stay strong, stay committed. Uh, you're, a, you're a great marketable guy. We will follow your a career uh, on uh, keeping score and beyond the scoreboard. Blake Morris has an interesting perspective because he has tremendous potential. And rather than worry about how the coronavirus is ruining his life, he's a tremendously motivated guy. Keep an eye on him. Welcome into the Esports Minute of Keeping Score with Rick Horo. I'm Mitch Reams for the Esports Network. Esports is still going through plenty of growing pains, and they were painfully obvious this past weekend during the Call of Duty League playoffs. Call of Duty is one of the biggest esports in North America. This year was the first year of the franchise Call of Duty League, and it attracted quite a few sports owners behind the 12 teams. Stan Kroenke highlights a list of sports owners that also includes the Wilf family, owners of the Minnesota Vikings, the Wilpon family, owners of the New York Mets, and Francesco Aquilini, the owner of the Vancouver Canucks. Spots in the league reportedly cost $25 million apiece. While sports have resumed play in bubble situations, esports are still being played online, even for the biggest competitions. Mostly, that's been fine, but the CDL playoffs highlighted a major issue. Players are being kicked out of games, playing one minute and then just gone the next. This triggers a restart of the game, creating issues around competitive integrity. But it also created a problem in that games were now being tape delayed as the league didn't want viewers sitting through endless restarts. Except, some players, and even someone at the league office, didn't get the memo, and started spoiling results of matches before the official broadcast aired. With eSports built-in live chat, scores are spoiled constantly. This also created an issue for betting. eSports has seen a betting boom as sportsbooks put forth eSports lines during the pandemic. I saw at least one sportsbook still offering lines on CDL matches even after scores leaked out. 
You can bet the Nevada Gaming Control Board is taking a long look at what esports they approve after this debacle. While the issues were figured out by the later rounds, those early problems showed esports still have some things to figure out before they can ascend to the level of traditional sports. That's it for this esports minute of keeping score. Now back to Ricora. Let's talk about the tech with our Sports Tech Minute. Oculus sees its way to a new NBA deal. Oculus from Facebook and the NBA struck a multi-year partnership that designates Oculus as the official marketing partner and the first ever virtual reality headset partner of the NBA, WNBA, and G League. According to Hashtag Sports, Oculus tipped off the partnership last week to coincide with the start of the playoffs, serving as presenting sponsor of the NBA Railcam Replay on NBC, ABC, ESPN, and TNT, and the newly dubbed Oculus Front Row View camera angle. Oculus will also become an associate partner of the NBA Draft presented by State Farm, an NBA Crossover, and NBA All-Star. And finally, Oculus will become an associate partner of both the NBA's Believe in Women platform and the NBA G League end-of-season tournament. The timing for this new virtual reality headset deal couldn't be any better, with fan engagement building as the NBA playoffs intensify and the WNBA nears its championship. As fans continue to be banned from arenas and stadiums by the virus, look for more tie-ups between VR headset manufacturers and leagues this fall. Good Sports Minute, again, an amalgamation and collection of the best in the industry over the past week. Gamers Outreach, partnering with charity fundraising platform SoftGiving to campaign to provide entertainment to families receiving care from nonprofits. As esports continues to grow in scope, popularity, and profitability, it only makes sense for esports concerns and growing their philanthropy, giving back to communities online and on the ground. Look for more esports and more charity. Stephen Curry joining another star-studded team to provide hours of entertainment. This time his tool of choice is a book, not a ball. For $24.95 a month, users can join any of the celebrities' book clubs and receive a copy of their curator's book choice for the month. Curry's club will be titled Underrated. The taste of the NFL walks away from the table. Frank Sapovitz, who's been involved in it from early stages, since 1992 it's been a staple of the league's crowning week. The events raised $25 million over 29 years and generated 200 million meals o- over America. The Hershey Company extended its long-term partnership with USA Track and Field. The Chocolatier will uh, continue as presenting sponsor of the Run, Jump, Throw through 2024. Sports has been a long-time differentiator for the Hershey brands, including Reese's, which has long supported youth sports and the NCAA especially college football, and the annual Senior Bowl, for which it serves as a title sponsor. And finally, luckily for the uh, Paralympic movement, they have swimmer Rudy Garcia Tolson. Actor David Duchovny is a big fan of the sport and a big supporter for the cause. The X-File actor and avid swimmer and triathlete had read about his training plight in the uh, New York Times. He's searching for a place to train and obviously has had some issues. The Paralympic training is tough work these days. Now, Garcia Tolson, who had faithfully taken a picture with Duchovny at the Malibu Triathlon 20 years ago, has been training at Duchovny's place for five weeks. He reports he's a good type of tired and sore. 
Finally, the Lifestyle Minute, Enid Vienna, a lifestyle expert and a wellness writer, the editor of two websites, the evsocial.com. It covers entertainment, wellness, fashion, and travel, and Hampton's mom, along with Art Sugar and other places she has contributed. This week, she talks about sports and Reddit and social media. With live sports on hiatus, sports lovers have taken to social media to fill the void and connect with fellow sports fans. Reddit, the home to thousands of communities looking for endless conversation and human connection, has seen increases in sports fans' communities. Sports fans are looking to connect with each other in any way they can, whether it's watching games on friends' boats in the Reddick's ex-baseball contingent is up 276% during this baseball micro-season. Another large community on Reddit is eagerly monitoring uh, Drew Brees' habit of licking his hands before he receives a snap and wondering if he'll kick that habit soon or not. Believe it or not, hockey ex-design communities on Reddit are up 600% with the new unveiling of the NHL Seattle Kraken logo. Who would have thought that design and hockey could intersect? Enid is completely fascinated by this and now is inspired to join some of those design porn X hockey Reddit communities. I wonder if other Reddit communities exist on the fringe of sports and some other interest. Rugby fans that love sewing, curling fans that love scrapbooking, what's out there? Can't wait to find out. And think we can safely say we're craving human connection and craving live sports and engaging with other humans about passions for said sports. One thing remains clear. We all need social media and have relied on social media throughout this pandemic for sanity, community, and connection. And sports fans are truly in this together as we keep using social media to help stay connected, entertaining, and sane. Certainly, words to live by with Enid Vienna, the Lifestyle Minute. Do that every week. Well, again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to Blake Morris for sharing his career aspirations with us. And thank all of you for joining us all the time and next week when we continue to keep score. Action Images is the global multimedia sports agency of Reuters. Leagues, teams and federations around the world rely on Action Images to create, distribute and monetize their content. Action Images' global footprint means sports media expertise is never far away. For more information, visit actionimages.com.